Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Bold Sports. We're in episode 41 here, uh, hanging out, drinking some brews. I got a little whiskey, too. Watching a little Cubs Dodgers. Watching a little Cubs Dodgers late night action on ESPN. Uh, Cubs are up 7-2 to two in the top of the 7th right happened, now. man? It was 2-2 two, two when I left my house. <laughs> Which was 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, funny game, that baseball. Yeah, funny game. Funny how that ball uh, bounces, right? Right. Uh, how was your sports week? Did you do anything fun? Uh, did you get to play any sports yourself? I mean, I went for another bike ride on Saturday. A little shorter this time. Most, not 50 miles. Not 5-0. Just, just to like the waterfront and then back downtown and then up to Southside and then back to Station Square. However many that miles is. Not 19. Not not even, you know, probably like out and back. I don't know. 20, maybe. So that was good, you know. Got, I, like, I like the evening. It's a good time to be down there on the river. Right. Um, I think I saw an eagle. Well, yeah. I mean, so there's, I mean there's, they're down there. You're, I mean, the, there, there's the bald eagles that are down there. I mean, yeah. they're not just constricted their nests in haze and wherever else. No, but uh, I mean, it's just like, you'd be surprised. How, like, you would think you see them every time, but you know. You know yeah, you don't. It's, you know, they're no, not no. out all day hunting. They're not. They're not like people who just go out all day and like hunt and drink. Right. You know, like they just go out, get their fish, go home. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not even really hunting. It's just how they shop. <laughs> you know, like the, they they go to the, the river. Like I went to the taco stand today. You know, like halftime of the World Cup game, like two please, you know, Buenos Dias, adios. Right? You're, I get back for the second half. Like, you know. CC. You know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I got out and played low golf. Actually, I played tonight. Um, I had some stuff to do this afternoon, uh, working on a new um, job. Okay. Um, got current, I still have my current job. Mm. Got hired for a new job. Doing training. That's not conducive to golf. Well, it kind of is. Ties in here a little bit. But I mean, it's not conducive to you, like walking up to Lebo. Yeah. Uh, I, last time I played was whenever you and I played. So it's been about ten days. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did have a biblical flood. We did have that biblical flood in the way. Uh, but I went up tonight and I got to play nine. I played a twilight nine. Awesome. Um, which, which is always good coming off a golf course at eight fifteen at night. And it's still like, I could go play six more. Yeah. Totally was awesome. Except the problem was, is, um, my game was a little off. I didn't score as well as I should have. Um, number four at Mount Lebanon. Lost three balls on that hole tonight. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was a little dark out there, you know. It was not dark out. It was kind of overcast. It was. Not, it was. It had nothing to do with it. They. They. I lost them dead the right. Trees the trees got so much bigger because of all the rain that we had. <laughs> I, I lost those some of bitches dead right into the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but I'm I, saying the woods weren't there like before Wednesday. All that. Well, rain. they were there. They like were just, a whole like new fern gully just popped up. True. That's how much rain we true. had. True. I'm, I'm not kidding, man. We but had if, a lot of rain. But if anybody, if anybody has. It's listening has played Mount Lebanon's nine hole. Number four is if you are right into the trees, you don't go after that ball. Yeah. You're not coming back. 
Yeah, uh, there's like psycho deer down there. Oh yeah, and the bow hunters who stalk them. Oh yeah, there's a video of those one with those guys. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but uh, there's all kinds of sports you can do on a on a hillside you know, on a hillside in Mount Lebanon. Yeah, but uh, so I, yeah, I t- so I took a snowman on that hole. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it happens. It happens, it happens. to the best of us. Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil Mickelson had a 10. 10. Jeez. Force in a snowman. Yeah, right? Um, but I, I didn't score as well. I, my swing's a little messed up right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't... It, my swing was not in tune. Okay. Put it to you that way. I was not uh, in the proper swing mode. I, I ended up finding myself stopping halfway through a swing or... Um, following through the swing and just being completely and totally utterly wrong of what it needed to do. You're shook because I told you about that bird. <laughs> That's all you can think you know about now. Yeah, now, there's birds flying in my head. There's birds flying at your head, Steve. Like, you're looking at the ball like a good boy. Yeah. But, like, I, and now, now, now you're like, you know, you're hearing bird steps. And I played with a fellow um, new co-worker, new company I'm going to be going to. Cool. Um, <clears throat> he's good. Yeah. <laughs> It's a golf company. He's good. Um, Bankers tend to have good bank people at their companies, right? Well, um, yeah, but he 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 he's on the um, or I don't know. He he's studying for his masters, so okay. he's currently on the um, Point Park golf team. Oh, nice! So he's got some nice clubs. Yeah, he plays, you know, a lot. Where's their home course at Point Park? Hickory. Hickory. Nice. So I'll, I might be getting to go into Hickory no. with him because he's like, oh, yeah, I get to, you know, I go down there any time and play for free. I'm like, yeah, because when, when you're in downtown Pittsburgh, you can pick any direction. Pretty much. You know, say, like, pick a course. You and, know? and Hickory's a really tough course. Tough. I, I mean, I've never played it for that reason. Uh, I, I rolled up there once on, like, a Memorial Day weekend with, like, Shiloh and Hess and Craig. And, like, we couldn't even get a parking space. Let yeah. alone, like, get on, let alone finish 18 on, on a tough course. Yeah. You know, it was probably for the better that that uh, you know we didn't we didn't plan ahead and like get there early in the morning and beat the crowd because we would have still been in, like on the seventh hole by the time everybody uh, showed I, up. I've played I've played uh, Hickory with Hess, um, and when Hess was playing a lot, yeah, um, he has not played as much as he should. But but when Hess was playing a lot there for a while, like three days a week, mm-hmm. we we went down and played Hickory and. Um, <clears throat> We got on number one, and and they said, "Hey, we're gonna pair you up with these two other guys." Mm-hmm. So we're driving down to number one, and and Mike can't see too well. No, um, he can see, but if he's well, he can't see. You have to zone in on it. Yeah, uh, I was like, get him some more balls. I was like, this could. I was like, Mike, this could not be good. He's like, well, I was like, look who we're playing with. He's like, okay, and and Mike's not a huge. He's a sports fan, but he's mm-hmm. not a huge like Pittsburgh sports fan. I says this couldn't this could not end well. He's like, well, I was like, hey, look who they're pairing us up with. He's like, who's that? My like, it's Tockett and Recky. Get out. He's like, really? He's like, who are they? I'm like, former Penguins, current coaches. That's whenever they had their. Yeah. That's whenever South Point was their practice facility. Sure. Yeah. They were stopping there on their way home because yeah, Tockett lives up the street here in Lebo, and then that's that's um, like the area, man. And then Recky lives out in Field Club. But, I mm-hmm. mean, it's like their way home. I'm like, I mean, it was. It's not that it's. You know, that Lemieux place in Cranberry's only been there a couple years ago. Oh, it's only been there so, two years, yeah. I mean, even, like, Michael Terrian. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Yeah, they always those guys. Well, like, there's they three all, they former, hang out at the bottle shop. Well, there's three, four, there's three former Penguins that live on Hickory Heights. Mm. Jesus. But. I mean, hockey players like their golf. That they do. Um, 
But enough about what Matt and I did. Uh, Riverhounds, this past week, uh, last Saturday, they had a nil-nil tie with the Charleston Battery. Uh, with the sounds of with the sounds of it and reading the transcripts and so forth that I went through, it wasn't that exciting of a game. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I opted bike ride. Um, you can't watch you can't watch every game. Yeah, I um, mean I'm watching like three World Cup games a day. Yes, you are in most cases. Um, so sorry, Riverhounds. Like I just you know it rained a lot often on Saturday, but. You know, by the evening, it was, like, beautiful. And I was, there's no way I was staying inside at, like, 6.30. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Well, tomorrow, uh, but by the time you hear this, this game will be over. The Hounds, um, the Hounds travel, uh, to Louisville City, uh, for a 7 p.m. match. Um. Should be a tough one. Louisville's good Should be a tough one. They are good this year. We hope, uh, for a win, or at least a good showing, uh, the Hounds are currently tied for second in the group with Louisville with 25 points each. Well, yeah. So this is a very – this is a big game for them. Was this a third of the way through the season? Right, yeah. Uh, so this is kind of a big game for the Hounds, third way through the season. Now, uh, point-wise, they each have 25 points, but the goal for and goal against – is a little variant, and then also the Hounds do have a game in hand. Okay, so... So... Well, that's good. Um, games games in hand will come in big down the stretch, just like they do in hockey. Yes. Um, I'm not entirely clear on, like, I mean, how many teams out of the group make the playoffs. But, I mean, if you're, if you're you know, it's tied... It's a large group. So, yeah, okay, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Like, for now, I mean, I'd take a draw on the road. With Louisville, get your get your point, get out of there. Um, but yeah, like you know, they, they they do need to string together some wins at some point because they they've been doing real well on defense, but not not finding the net and not, not winning the games. Not finding that, not no. winning games. And but the good news is they have been giving up a lot of goals. Their goals against is very very minimal compared to some of the other teams. Yeah. In the group, and by the way, Group A has sixteen teams, and Group B has seventeen. Okay. So I'm assuming if we want to go with hockey standards, the top eight are going to make yeah. it on each side. Yeah. Well, that'd be awesome. I mean, to be second, you know, get get a playoff game, or I I, I think they probably do like the two legged playoff where like it's like a home and home right. situation and use the aggregate scoring. Um, but I, I'm I'm entirely like uneducated about that, you know. For the USL league, anyway. Yes. Yeah, for the USL, like I, you know. There, there will be time to discuss that. Like you said, we're a third away through the season. It's, it gets to be a grind, just like in hockey. There's not as many games as hockey, but Correct. you know, you're playing once, sometimes twice a week, and you just got to keep, you know, keep getting results and keep, you know, backing up points, like one on top of the other. Like, don't lose, try to win. You know, yeah, don't lose, try to win, and get the goals. Get the yeah, goals. Get the goals. Find something that works to, you know, start finding the back of the net. Like they, they, they've had some. Some high totals in a couple recent matches, you know they they kind of beat up on New York Red Bulls too. That was unexpected. They um, did, you know, get some goals out of that. So it can be done. And um, yeah, you know, like that. You know, we'll, we'll check back in with the Riverhounds. I'm uh, like I mentioned, way more into the World Cup. Um, the last round of the first round robin games started on Monday, Steve. Okay. So what they do there is all four teams in the group play at the same time. 
that that way nobody's able to like tank. You know, if if a game if a game was at like ten and the result of that game like left it so that the other game was meaningless, you know, then it's you know. so that's okay. So so where you don't have things that happen in the standard professional sports, call it the NFL, for example, where, you know, hey, we already locked up a playoff spot and we already locked up our home field advantage in week 15. Guess what? We hit week 16 and week 17 guys are sitting. We're yeah. starting our high school squad. Right, yeah. I mean, in, in the So World they Cup, play together. They, yeah, play, they play both play. teams simultaneously. Right. Two separate locations. Now yeah. I'm sure there's somebody on an iPad, probably keeping an eye yeah, on shit. Yeah, there's ways there's ways to like keep an eye on this. Like people find out, um, you know. Is the, and that this goes back to like when the Premier League. I mean, they always play every last game of the Premier League at the same time, um, and like going all the way back to before digital stuff. Like fans would just bring radios and you'd listen, you know, to whatever station just gives updates from around the league. You know, just like they do on ESPN Radio. Speaking of listening to radio, how many times have you been to a ball game and you got somebody right by you that has their headphones in listening to a broadcast while they're at the game? All the time. Because it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I mean, you know, I, I try to do that sometimes, but it gets too loud at Steeler games. So it's not even worth it. Steeler games, it's not worth it. Pirate yeah. games, you can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I like to do that, but I, you know, haven't done it in a while. I, I guess it's just because, like, I don't like bringing my headphones into the... Into the stadium. Yeah, you know? anymore it's too tough getting anything in there. So they, they're just searching, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like bring bring as little as possible to speed, so, speed up getting into so the stadium. So with this World Cup stuff going on, I heard a lot of chatter this week about this messy dude. He's a messy dude. Um, he's in a he's in a bit of turmoil. Um, you know, I, I feel like people online were trying to make him into like a trying Jordan a little bit prematurely. Um. It's his last World Cup. He's never won a World Cup. You know, he's regarded to be one of the best in the world, world, if not the best. I still think his skills, like his, like, the things he does on the ball, like the flair, like, that he is able to use to, like, get past defenders, you know, to create opportunities for himself, you know, where he, where he can, like, knock the ball ahead and then run onto it again. And now he's, like, past two new defenders in doing so. I mean, he's incredible to watch. Like, if you ever go to YouTube and just watch Messi highlights, like, he's amazing. Like, Ronaldo gets a lot of his goals from, like, set pieces and, like, free kicks and penalty kicks. Like, Messi is more of, like, a straight-to-the-goal kind of, like, you know, he and he's small and he's, he's fun to watch. Now, was it Messi or was it Ronaldo that had three goals in the first game? That was Ronaldo who had the three. No, it was had the, the high strike. And, and then Messi... Missed a penalty kick in the draw against Iceland. Okay. So, you know, Argentina was in a tough spot, and then they lost to Croatia, who's like one of the surprise teams of the first round. Um, you know, they they just got their asses kicked by Croatia. So, just the negativity after the first two games around that team was very pervasive, and everyone online was talking about Messi's not really the goat, and Messi's not going to make it to the next round without help. And this is what was so fascinating about the, like, simultaneous games. It was, like, you actually had Argentina playing Nigeria, where Nigeria, if Nigeria had won, they could have won the group. Right. If Croatia had lost. Like, they needed help, but they could have won the group. Like, every one of those teams had something to play for. Like, Iceland even could have 
beaten Croatia, and if they had done so by enough of a goal differential, like that, would they have could have moved up to second. So you've got you've got the Argentina Nigeria game on Fox because I think they judge that that's probably the one more people are going to want to watch because because it is messy, right? And you're you're basically asking the last place team in the group at that point to jump two spots into second place. And that's the one I watched. I didn't even flip to Fox Sports 1 um, for, for the Iceland and uh, Croatia match. Like, I wanted to see Messi. And he didn't disappoint. He, he took, like, a 30-yard pass. You know, the first touch was, like, right on his chest. The second touch, before the ball even hit the ground, he got his left foot on it just to, like, deaden it a little bit. And then just pushed it into space enough that he was able to take six steps at a dead sprint without any defender coming near the ball. And when he finally caught up to it again, he just planted and just blasted it past the keeper from, like, 12 yards. Wow. Incredible goal. And then... Um, I did see that highlight today. Yeah, it was a good highlight. <laughs> and I, di- I didn't see the penalty that uh, Argentina pulled in the start of the second half. I mean, I saw the, the penalty kick that tied the game, but I didn't see the actual foul because I was walking home with my my uh, tacos de pollo. So it was worth it. You know, I trust that the ref got it right now because they're using the replay. Yeah. So, I mean... I think everybody's using replay. Everybody's using replay, and the way I look at soccer is, like, whenever there's a foul, it stops the action anyway. So if they're going to, like, stop the action to argue about it, they might as well have somebody, like, in another room, like, actually watching the tape and And say, like, quit arguing, like, here's what I see, and, like, they make the call. I, I well, there's been a lot of debate about that also, and like I, I don't think it's any worse than replay in football. Like certainly, like NFL replay is the worst. Uh, baseball replay is decent, there. but they sometimes get things wrong, especially with sliding plays. And we'll talk more about that um, when we do our baseball segment later. Um, so anyway, one-one. If Nigeria even gets a tie. They're going second in the group, and Argentina's done. Um, so Rojo for Argentina also gets, like, a really sweet setup pass. And he scores with, like, I don't know, like the 86th minute, I believe, which is the second latest game-winning goal in Argentina national team history, which is very rich history. I mean, they, they've been... Really Argentina's good. been really good yeah. for a lot of years so in soccer. It was, it was very dramatic. Um, the Fox cameras caught uh, Diego Maradona doing the double flip the bird salute, I guess, to Nigeria, which is kind of dick. Like, I like Nigeria. Like, they didn't hurt anyone. But, you know, Maradona's never really been known for his tact or his, like, grace or, I mean, on the on the field, not even that graceful, more of like a power player. And it's, it, it's reflected in his personality. He's a cantankerous old man mm. who loves his country and loves his soccer team and... I think after game one, like, offered to take over as coach. Just because, like, that's how, like, dysfunctional things were, were around that team. And when they won, guys were crying today. Because it was, like, such a weight off their shoulders. Like, they don't have to go home saying they didn't even make the knockout rounds. So, now, uh, this is the last weekend of group play. Um, group play runs through the end of Friday. Starting Saturday, we've got knockout rounds. So if this if this podcast drops on Friday afternoon, you're going to be able to wake up Saturday, watch a game at 10, and then another game at 2. 
Send in. This is this is win it, win or go home. Win or go home. If it's tied at the end of the ninety, they play thirty minutes of overtime. It's not fifteen and fifteen, right? And they change ends after fifteen, right? If it's still tied after the thirty, they go to kicks. So it's a different style of game because you start to see teams play more tactically um, when they start to run out of subs and they run out of energy. And sometimes you kind of get the sense that they're just like well, playing, because, playing for overtime. Or well, because soccer, soccer is like baseball. Once you pull a guy, you can't put him back exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, on that aspect of it, so like once you pull a guy, you can't put him back in. You can move him position, you know, but you can't mm. put him back in. And then once you pull your pitcher, you can't put him back in as a pitcher, but you can move him to another position. Which I don't know why you would do that unless he had a hell of a bat. Yeah, but so once you pull a guy, he's out. The Pirates, the Pirates did that once just to like fuck with somebody. Not they didn't want to take Teak out, so they moved him to like right field. Yeah, for one for one batter and brought in a different pitcher. Yeah, just for matchups. It's real. It's really rare. I mean, it's really rare. But yes, like that that sort of thing can happen in baseball, and you could do that in soccer, where you would say like you know go go play like on defense for like ten minutes, and and then like you know just. You know when it's when it's time for the striker to like have a rest, like we'll sub him out and bring. Right. Him, you know what I mean? I mean? There are all kinds of ways you can do that. It's a much more fluid sport. Like they don't have set positions as much as baseball does. Um, so so in these games, you have your studs like Messi and Ronaldo and all them. Yeah, are they playing the whole game, or are they coming in the second half? They're playing the whole game because I know I know, I, I know in some soccer games where. The studs would sit the first half, yeah. and they would come in the second half. Okay, so like Argentina brought in Aguero as a sub. Um, Aguero is not a scrub; like he is, he's the best player on Man City, where where he earns his money during the regular season. And you know, like there's the concept of a super sub. Like if you have the depth in your attacking like roster, you know, you might you might keep a guy on the bench for you know sixty seventy minutes just to bring him on with fresh legs in, in the event that you need to create something late. You know, um, Gareth Bale was the super sub in the Champions League final, and he'll go down in history as, like, one of the best 10-minute performances in soccer history. Like, he scored two goals, like, one on his first touch, which was like an over-the-head bicycle kick. Like, he rolled uh, out of bed and scored the game winner on a bicycle <laughs> kick. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. But, like, you mentioned the strikers... In the next round, Ronaldo's Portugal is playing Uruguay, who has Suarez, who is a, also a Spanish league goal-scoring machine. And then in the next game later that day, you've got Messi and Argentina against France, who they didn't score today, but they're liable to score at any point. Like They've got a lot of talent as well. So even just Saturday is, is worthwhile. To, to set your calendar and watch some World Cup. And if you don't like it, like, you know, the matchups on Sunday aren't going to be any better than the ones on Saturday. So watch some World Cup this weekend. Uh, no matter what, whether you're into it or not, watch a game. I mean, I've watched a handful of games because I have them all while I'm at work. When I work yeah. those day shifts and so forth on occasion. Um, plus, they go into the night. So, mm-hmm. I mean, or they show replays. They show least. replays. At, yeah, I, I catch the replays at night. Like, that's... That's a big part of the the Fox deal, I guess, because they don't, you know, they don't really have any other night content right now. Pretty much, you know, we're, we don't have a local Fox affiliate for the Pirates, so 
you know, they, they show whatever they want on AT&T Sports. And then FS1 at this time of year, it's like, what's it, like MMA? Yeah. The big and three basketball tournament. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing you really want to watch. Well, so if you haven't seen this morning's World Cup action, like, you know, have pick up a bar stool and move it over to the one TV in the corner that's got soccer and watch that. So speaking about watching things at night, in four weeks, we'll be able to watch the Open Championship. Oh, that's good. Um, that fits my schedule well. It fits my schedule well, well too. Um, but in the meantime, though, this last week, the PGA did play uh, in Connecticut, TPC River uh, Highlands. Bubba Watson had a hell of a third round and fourth round to come out to win at a minus 17 total um, for the tournament, shooting minus seven on the final round. Um this week, uh, the tour goes to TPC Potomac uh, at Evanel. Is that the Tiger Woods tournament? No. TPC Potomac, Evanel in Potomac, Maryland. Northwest of D.C. Uh, for the Quicken Loans National. Uh, not to be confused with the Congressional in Bethesda, That's which is okay. one of the Tiger Woods tournaments. Actually, I think Tiger Woods moved his tournament to Florida, where it used to be a Congressional. Here and there, um, the courses aren't far from each other. Yeah. Like, you could walk between them. <laughs> um, or you could definitely ride your bike between them. Yeah. Um, I could get a trailer for my clubs. Right? Uh, I mean, then, I have no business being on either of now, those speak, courses. Now, speaking of Tiger, is <laughs> Tiger is playing this week. Uh, but a lot of the other big names are not. No DJ, Spieth, Kepka, Mickelson. Um, including this tournament, there are four left. Uh, till the Open Championship uh, in Ireland this year, I believe. I think Mickelson's like such a pariah that he's he has to play like some underground tournaments, like <laughs> no no holds barred. You know, he's been he's been banished from the respectable society of the golf. Well, world. you know what? He's, I mean, play, he's play he's playing like a a death match tournament. In well, Thailand he right he, now. he played last week and. Uh, he did. He did it well. I mean, the U.S. Open. I mean, that was a hell of a course. It was a tough course. Everybody that played that course had a bad week end of golf, um, except for the except guy for who won Ke- it all except for Bruce Kepka. Minus one. Except for Bruce Kepka who finished minus one. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, and the U.S. Open, they always try to make those courses so hard and everything mm-hmm. else like that. And you know, I, a lot of these guys right now. And a little insight, when they practice for the Open Championship, Mm -hmm. they go to courses where, like, they just played the U.S. Open, a Lynx-style course Mm -hmm. out in Long Island. Yeah. The wind's blowing. It's howling. Um, I used to live in Brigantine Beach, New Jersey, which is the island next to Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. The Brigantine Lynx Golf Club. Yeah. uh, Which I worked at part-time just so I could play free golf year-round. I did carts like two days a week just so I could play free golf, which was awesome. And you could play year-round in Jersey. It gets yeah. cold. It just doesn't snow. But it's windy as fuck. Brigantine mm-hmm. Beach, New Jersey is noted as the windiest city in the country. Really? With a sustained 15 to 20 mile an hour wind daily. Everybody says Chicago is a windy city. It is. Very windy in Chicago, but Brigantine Beach is the windiest city. So I think most people wouldn't consider Brigantine Beach a city. It's not. It it might be incorporated as a city, Yeah, but it's like, it's way down, it's like smaller than even like McKeesport, which is also technically a city. Well, it's an island, and it's, yeah, 
it's like a mile wide and about five miles long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but it's, it's funny. It's a, brand, a city of Brigantine Beach. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, but the Lynx course on there, it's out on the bay. It's mm-hmm. out on North End Island. Uh, windy as shit, and so uh, some of the guys go there and practice. Yeah. Some of the guys go to the Atlantic City Golf Links and practice. Uh, it's kind of like how best- tennis tennis tournaments like the. Right now, they're playing tournaments on grass. Right. Because Wimbledon's coming Wimbledon's coming up in a and week. And in, like, the month leading up to the French Open, like, there were all these other tournaments that were, you know, featuring clay, clay. surfaces. Clay surfaces. So, it's, exactly. it's, kind of, it's kind of the same concept. Like, you know, to get ready for a major, you want to just sort of test yourself on the elements that you're likely to encounter at that major. Right. So, you know? when I lived in Jersey, and I lived in Brigantine Beach, I met a handful of the pro golfers. Mm-hmm. That at the golf course, I'm like, what do you guys like we're practicing for the open? Mm. Oh, well, that makes sense. Sure, yeah, you know, um, and it, you know, it's it's not a long course, but I mean, you know, you still come up with some of the same conditions: wind, rain. I mean, these guys are out there; it'd be raining. Let's go play golf. Let's go see how this is going to go. Yeah, because you got to play. You know, in the open. You know, <laughs> you're, you're in the British Isles. <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to do, man? <laughs> the weather's horrible. Yeah. You think Pittsburgh's weather's bad? Go to the British Isles. <laughs> Dude, the summer I was there was so nice, Steve. It was like... One, they're having a heat wave this year, by right, the way. Right, they are having but a heat this wave this was year. like... It was kind of the similar conditions in 2003. And the Open was at Royal Sandwich. Yes. And I, I thought about going, but that's that's just a big investment to go like by yourself and watch golf for a day when you could be out and about in London. I mean, come on. <laughs> How many, especially when the pound to the dollar is considerably higher. It was high then. It's it's probably a little better now. Um, because they still take euros, but, but Britain still wants to be like, we have the pound and we're proper and better. Well, they're... They're leaving the whole euro. That's that's a different topic for a different podcast, right? Matt and Steve talk Brexit next week. But, <laughs> you know, this, this week we've we've got you know our, our soccer and golf pretty well down pat for you, pretty much. Uh, but so this week those guys are playing down Potomac, Maryland. Uh, if you've never been to Potomac, Maryland, it's kind of like the Hamptons in Long Island. There's yeah. not houses. There's estates. Okay. Um, a lot of your um, senators and um, defense contractors, defense contractors, tobacco industry lobbyists, tobacco industry lobbyists, oh, goody. and so forth. All the best, all the live, best people live in Potomac, Maryland. Good thing they didn't drain the swamp yet. You know, like who would go to this tournament? It's huge, um, but yeah, but also congressional uh, is next door in Bethesda, so it's not to get confused with the congressional club uh, either. Uh, again, I will probably watch, uh, I don't really know my whole schedule yet. I'm probably going to catch some of the action on Thursday. I will catch action every day. What channel is it on? Uh, it's going to start off on Golf Network, okay. uh, Thursday and Friday, uh, for main coverage. And then it's going to, f- on, uh, Saturday and Sunday, it'll be Golf Network and then flip to CBS, I believe, for the afternoon. Okay. Coverage. It's always it's always like hard to figure that one out because it's like yeah it NBC could, owns Golf Channel but they right. always like share it with another network they share it with CBS matter is like figuring out which well network. like the U S Open was Fox I guess Fox, I mean, Fox only does U S Open 
Right. They don't. They don't do. Some people hate the Fox coverage. And I don't. I don't, I, I don't need to hear Joe Buck talk about golf. Stick I think baseball. he's perfect, though. I think he's perfect. He's, he's got a good voice. He's got that like sanctimonious like. You know, like, the guy who, like, thought Randy Moss, like, fake-mooning the Packers fans was, like, the most audacious thing that's ever been done. Like, that's the right attitude for talking about golf. Right. You know, if you can scold Randy well, Moss, you can scold Phil Mickelson. He did scold Phil Mickelson. <laughs> he totally did. Um, but, yes. So, keep an eye on that uh, this week, uh, this weekend, as well as the World Cup. Like Matt said, you have the um, final group matches. And now it's two games at a time, and even if you don't have cable, like, one game guaranteed to be on Fox. There you go. And the better game, usually. The more impactful game, usually, and with, like, the marquee players will be on Fox. So, you know, check it out. Awesome. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now, and you're going to listen to some of these messages from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios, who make this podcast possible for you folks to listen to. So we'll be right back. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, and we are back after that break. And you got uh, to listen to what's going on up at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview with Awesomecast and Mayhem Wrestling and all the other fun stuff that the Sorgs put on out there for us. Um, so... We're here midsummer. Mm. Uh, NHL hockey season is over. It hasn't been over that long. It hasn't been over that long, correct? But now we're on to signing your unrestricted free agents before they become unrestricted free agents. Uh, signing your restricted free agents before they get to go shop themselves around. Uh, the Pens did a few things this week. They did sign Brian Rust to a four-year deal. Also, the Pens have $4.2 million left to spend on the salary cap space. Now, depending on who you look at, if it's $4.2 million or $5 million or like $4.7, only the Pens know the exact number they have. Uh, I've seen several reports. So I'm just going to go with the between 4 and $5 million. Uh, the pens have left underneath the salary cap that had that did go up this year uh, to seventy nine million. Uh, so they did. Uh, so with that cap space left, they're looking to likely sign Ale- uh, Alexiak and Sheehan. Um, we'll probably get those nods there. The pens also did sign uh, Sprong and Simone. So Darren Sprong and Dominic Simone uh, signed. Um, apparently. Um, Jack Johnson is being looked at by the Penguins. They have a mutual understanding. Crosby has reached out to Jack Johnson, his defenseman for the Blue Jackets. Apparently Um, he's also reached out to Maria Sharapova this week. That's a different story, and we'll hold on to that for a minute. You got more on that? Uh, I no, I don't have. I don't have more on that. Actually, that's <laughs> they, the first I've heard of they it. Were, just that they were at Wimbledon together, and that like I never realized how freaking tall Maria Sharapova is until I saw her next to Stan, stand next to Stanley Crosby. We can call him Stanley now because he's got three cups. Sidney Crosby, like he's not a huge dude. Oh wait, wait, wait. no, Crosby was there with, in Wimbledon. In Wimbledon, yeah, with Sharapova, yeah. I, I, Crosby has a hell of a. Fucking girlfriend, fiance. 
Right. And so, I mean, you can still go to Wimbledon. You can still go to Wimbledon. Get your picture taken. Get your picture taken with Sarapova. Yeah, sure. Maybe he won a contest or something. And also, he's Sidney fucking Crosby. So. Maybe he, like, filled out a little card at, like, the drugstore in his hometown of Cole Harbor. Yes. You know, and he's just like, oh, I'm just, I'm not there as, as a national hockey league star. I'm just Sydney from Canada. Right. Who loves tennis. <laughs> apparently. That's great. But anyway, so he's talking to Sharapova. He's talking to Jack Johnson. He talked to Jack Johnson. Um, Crosby reached out to Jack Johnson about coming to Penguins. Penguins are also interested in Jack Johnson. Uh, not sure what the money situation is there either. Uh, also, Crosby has uh, extended a, a hand as well as um, the Penguins and uh, so forth to Kunitz. I've, I did see that. To, yeah. to, to have a possible uh, to reunite with the boys. Uh, Kunis did have a one-year deal uh, in Tampa where he made $2 million last year. So the Pangs are going to have to get him to that $2 million or under, pre- preferably under. under. Yeah. Um, they have showed mutual agreement. Kunis has also showed agreement in this. Apparently, Does he own a house here? His, him and his wife still have their house here in the yeah, South that's, Hills. That's worth a little discount. Uh, yeah. They Especially still- the South Hills. Yeah, you know, right. Do you like do you like living half your life underwater? <laughs> Come to the South Hills, baby. right? Right. I don't know where Kunitz's house is in the South Hills. I do know. Hopefully, he's... up on something high. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, a couple articles I read said that him and his family still own their house in the South Hills, and they also sold their um, lake getaway in Chicago area, Illinois mm-hmm. area, yeah, whatever lake. Lake Glenberry Street, man. You know, Chicago Lake, Lake Michigan, or whatever. Um, but uh, all with that, they do need to get Kunitz underneath. You know, he made two million last year. They need to get him at two million or less. The other thing with Kunitz is that he will be thirty nine at the start of the season. Uh, to me and you, thirty nine. That's to, where yeah, we're at. But for the grace of God, go I. You know, um, and, and even in that case, not much longer. You, you know, but uh, you know, thirty nine in hockey is old. Uh, Thirty nine, any sports old. But everybody was clamoring for Matt Cullen last year. I know, right? And he was never the player that Kunitz was. No. So well, they said Kunitz maybe had we a, could just clamor for Kunitz all year. Well, they were just sitting there saying that you know Kunitz had a drop off and everything last year. Well, he didn't have the talent in Tampa Bay on the line that he was on. Yeah. You know, I, again, I think Tampa Bay played Kunitz wrong. Uh, I don't think they played him to his strengths. I think they played him on the wrong line. Uh, well. It's, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's not like the Penguins don't sometimes play people on the wrong line or in the wrong position. Jerome McGinley. Um, uh, yeah. Even Kessel for a lot of this year. Kessel for a lot of this year. Um, I didn't realize how much Kessel was making. I know. You know, until we talked about it. Was it last week or the week before? We talked about it a little bit last week. But yeah. We, we talked about it in the context of, like, everyone's freaking out and it's yeah. pointless. But it's starting to become... The time of the year where they're going to have to make a decision on that. They're going to have to make... Somebody's going to be going. Somebody's getting traded, you know, to make room for whoever they want. They need cap space. They need cap space. Uh, And you know what? The big boys on the team making the big money. Crosby ain't going anywhere. Malkin. Malkin's making $9.7 million. Mm. Crosby's making $8.7 million. Go figure. That's what he wants his contract to be every year. He gets what he wants. Yeah, he is that. He, he's he very super. He's very. He's very superstitious. I'm sure his agent has figured out a way to square his like numerological right. quirks. 
Yes. With the, like, tax code of Canada. Oh, yeah. And the 15% and all that other good stuff. Correct. Like, I'm sure everybody's um, going to get what they deserve. You know. And then he'll get shares of the team. Mul- and he'll Mul- Mulkin's at, like, $9.7 million. The Tang's at, like, $7.5 million. Uh, uh, Kessel's at, like, $7.5 million. Murray's at, like, $3.5 million. He's the goalie. Right. <laughs> but he's still on, a, like, a rookie deal. Yeah. Like... I mean, he must have structured his contract heavyweight on the backside yeah, um, for a rookie deal. But, you know, in the NFL, those rookies, they went, I'll give you all my money up front. Yeah. <laughs> they come out Especially when you're the goalie, though. I mean, that's, you know, those, there aren't a lot of those jobs going around. No, there's and not. if you're a good one, you know, any anyone with, like, an agent who's even half awake well, there's is going to try to, you know. There's, what, 31 teams in the NHL? Yeah. So there's 62 goalie positions available. And I would argue that maybe like 20 of them are actually good. I can go with that argument. And the rest is like a shit show of platooning. And like the Islanders had three goalies all last year. Jeez. You know? I mean, but then remember the years the Pens had how many goalies there too. Sometimes they had, they had three in one of the cup years. In, like, 91. They had Barrasso, Peter Angelo, and Wendell Young. Yeah. Um, Ken Reggett was, like, a third before he became the main Ken guy. Reggett was in the 92 Cup team, so he does have that cup ring. Because you can see yeah. it on his finger at the bar that he owns. Um, so, yes. Do tell. Oh, you didn't know Kenny Reggett owns a bar? No, I, I mean, no, I didn't. So, Di Bridgeville... In between, I guess that might be Kerwin Heights at that point. Mm-hmm. In between Heidelberg and Bridgeville there, yeah. the old RPMs, mm-hmm. uh, it's now called 31. And it's been that way for a couple of years. It's called I've 31. I've been there. I mean, I haven't been inside. That's that's Kenny Reggett's bar. I, I picked some, some passengers up there when I was lifting one night. Yeah, that's Kenny Reggett's bar. I didn't know that. Yeah. Another tie to the Chartiers Valley in the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins, man. <laughs> I mean... He, he, he cleaned up that crick, man. You could just kayak to the games. <laughs> I know, right? Man. Oh, kayak down Chartier's Creek down to the river, and then up to the uh, up, up to the arena? Up to the Mon Wharf, and then walk through the Armstrong Tunnel. <laughs> right. And you're there, baby. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Get in the fast lane indeed. <laughs> uh, so, Penn's got some stuff going on. Free agency starts Monday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, for hockey. Um, so, uh, yeah, I believe that starts Monday, maybe, or maybe it's Wednesday. Well, the 4th, the 4th of July is Wednesday. All right, so it doesn't July start July 1st would be so, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's not going to start on a Sunday. No, so, so it'll start on Monday the yeah. 2nd. Uh, free agency will start there. Uh, you know what? Hey, they'll make some moves. The Pens always make moves. You never have the same team back in any NHL city, let alone Pittsburgh. You're going to have your core? If you do have the same team back, I feel bad for you because that means you got a bunch of, like, inexpensive bad players on right? the team. Yeah. Like, the fact that they're having to, like, consider trading people, it's never fun to, like, see your favorite players leave. But, you know, it is a business and there is a cap. And the cap helps them to, like, stay disciplined. Like, you don't want them to blow, like billions of dollars on contracts that don't work out or aren't worth it. Like, 
if you make like one or two really bad deals, like it can kill you for a couple years. But it's yes. not it's not gonna like be an albatross hanging around your neck for thirty. Correct. Such as like the Mets contract with Bobby Bonilla. Oh God. Hey, it's almost Bobby Bonilla Day. Mm. Sunday is Bobby Bonilla Day. Sunday is Bobby Bonilla Day. Sunday is Bobby. And if you folks don't know what we mean by Bobby Bonilla Day, Bobby Bonilla when he signed with the Mets, and back whenever his what was it something stupid like he was one of the first ones to get a really high contract when he left Pittsburgh. He went to the Mets and signed like eighty seven million. Yeah, for I was it ten years. But he waited his contract, and his agent him waited his contract that his the bulk of his payments didn't get paid until after he retired. Yeah, it's like so. A, like so a every so it's smart. It's, it's smart, smart financial plan. It's smart financial plan. So every year on July first, Bobby Bonilla gets a million dollars. It's like an annuity. Yeah, you know, for twenty five. Years. Right, but he also made enough money in his playing years that he never had to, like, call J.G. Wentworth and, like, get <laughs> cash, cash now. Right? Uh, Bobby Bonilla, I mean, smart for you, smart back in the day whenever those big contracts started coming out, and he's one of the first ones to get it. Um, so, yeah, July 1st, every year, Bobby Bonilla gets a million dollars after he pays his taxes and agent. He's ended up with about 600000 He's probably not going to get it till Monday, though. Well, yeah, because it's yeah, banks closed, you know. Um, but <laughs> I mean, hey, I know. So Bobby Bonilla, it's July second. He's waking up with about six hundred grand in his bank account. Yeah, after he pays his taxes, and it's not bad. Well, he'll wake up with a million, but he's got to pay taxes and his agent and everything. So yeah, see, I'd just have my people just do that for me. Yeah, right. Just insulate me from like the the shock. You know, the blow of having to write a yeah. check to the IRS. Yeah, it's like, just just tell me how much I end up with. Yeah, I, I don't. the day. Yeah, just, just call it a What's day. The bottom? Bobby Bonilla, I think, is a bottom line oriented person. I can tell you when I met him as a kid, my mom, did I ever tell you the Bobby Bonilla story? <laughs> so, I was about 12 years old, and... Prime age for liking Bobby Bonilla in Pittsburgh. Right, and I was, um, we were at Pittsburgh International Airport picking up my tickets to go to my grandmother's house in Florida for the month of July. Nice. So this is the end Ooh, of June. July. <sighs> when you're Hope 12. You your bug spray. Yeah, my grandparents lived like right off the beach and stuff. So, I mean, it wasn't nice. too, little too breeze bad. there. Yeah, little breeze. Bad. I mean, they weren't like to walk to the beach. It was yeah. like still like four mile drive. But, um, you know, it was good. Uh, I always went to my grandmother's house in Florida every year. Uh, once Little League Baseball was over. I pretty much went for, like, the whole month of July. Nice. You know, because my friends like, go to your grandmother's and see ya. I I believe I was used as a mule because before they had bag um, checks and everything, and you can only take one bag with you or whatever, uh, I had one bag with clothes in it, and the other bag had um, blocks of Luger Square Jumbo, Isley's Chip Chopped Ham, um, and cases of Iron City, and my carry-on was also um, Iron City cases. Um... And I was, like, between the ages of, like, 7 and, like, It's not illegal 15. to take jumbo on a plane as long as it's domestic. Correct. The alcohol might have got you. No, they didn't. They, dude, if they had the cared. Dude, if this was had, the 80s and early 90s. But I'm saying, so Come like, on. 
This was the eighties and early nineties. This is a foreign country. You're talking. This is like a foreign universe. No, 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 no. But like, um, I've never. No, I'm saying like I've never. You know, like by the time I got into going on airplanes to go places, like it was completely different. Yeah, like, you're yeah. Just blowing my mind right now. Yeah, but I mean, I, I believe that was used as a mule, um, and I never left the country. I'm going Pittsburgh to Tampa. I mean. You know, no, I'm, that's how, yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, but, but it's like, still to this day, I do not believe it's illegal to take, like, chipped ham on a domestic flight. I believe it is not either. Okay. Just want to make sure, yeah. man. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to lose all my rights. Okay? I know. I, I don't I'm, believe I gotta, it is that. I got to stand up. I mean, we'll have to call somebody. But, so, while we were at the airport. Call, picking I'm going to call TSA. Well, we were, while we were picking up my tickets to the airport, the Pirates were going to Montreal mm. for, oh, for the games. And we're walking out of the airport, and I saw Bob walking Doug Dravick run past me. I said, Mom, that was Bob walking Doug Dravick. She goes, yeah. So I was like, can I go get their autographs? She's like, I don't know what I have in my purse. My mom found, like, a birthday card envelope. <laughs> so she's like, here. She gave me a pen out of her purse, and I went and got Doug Dravick. I got Bob Walk. Jim Leland comes walking out of a cab. I'm like, can I get Jim Leland? Bobby Bonilla gets out of a cab. And he's walking up, he's got a, you know, suit bag here and a suitcase here, and he's got, like, a carry-on under his arm. Mm. And I was like, Bobby, can you sign this for me? He's like, man, my hands are kind of full right now. I was like, that's okay, my mom can hold it. <laughs> my mom held Bobby Bonilla's bags while, oh, he, man. while he signed the envelope for me. Just, man, he's like, you should have held the bags, Steve. You well, should have carried his bags. Think how much better that story I know, right? Be. I know, right? It was better. Like, I carried Bobby's bags. But like, I, was, I took the little... I stole a little cart from a Skycap. But I was like 12. And I was like, I'm Steve, and I'm 12, and I'm carrying Bobby yeah. Benia's bags. I mean, it would have been great, but I, I, you know, here or there. But yeah, yeah. that's great. So I, I got him. Bobby Benia's autograph one time. I've met him a few times, uh, but cool. I got his autograph one time. Um, I met him so. at the All-Star Parade the last time the All-Star Game was here in Pittsburgh. And... Um, yeah, you know, I shook his hand. I didn't. I didn't get an autograph or anything. He was, he was hanging out with Mark Malone and Trini Kuznarek. Wow, what a group! I know, right? Like all all great ties to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, two people in media, one of whom like used to be an athlete, and uh, then there's Bobby Bonilla, who doesn't have to work for any media company because he's an employee of the New York Mets baseball club. Yep. Congratulations! And he has been since we were like thirteen. <laughs> well, and he played for other teams. He's a World Series with the '97 Marlins. Yeah, yeah. With but he structured his contract with the Mets. To the Mets have to pay him. Hey, That's good, good for you, Bobby Bo. Of all the questionable money that like travels between New York and Florida, <laughs> <laughs> this is something that we can all feel good about and get behind. Correct. Uh, speaking about feeling good and getting behind things, the NFL... I hope you didn't say pirates. Um, <laughs> the NFL, um, you know, has released the NFL Top 100 list. Every year, the NFL does a Top 100 list for the upcoming season. Uh, top 10s this year for the Top 10 is going to be Tom Brady. Again. Uh, again. Now, this I guess. is like the players vote on this. And players do vote Solely, on this. it's just the players. It's just the, the players. The GMs or media. Yeah, just, okay. just the players. Um, Antonio Brown, number two. Ooh, nice. Carson Wentz, number three. Julio Jones, number four. Lev Bell, number five. Todd Gurley, number six. Aaron Donald, uh, out of the University of Pittsburgh, 
um, is number in Penn Hills High School is number seven. Drew Brees is number eight, who's pretty much my standard quarterback in uh, fantasy every year. Um, Brees is still number eight. He's number eight. Really, Von Miller uh, is number nine, and that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, is number ten. Wow. Um, so if you look through, that's the top ten. I mean, I'll scroll through real quick. Uh, Wilson's at eleven. Um, let's see. DeAndre Hopkins, he's a wide receiver. He's at 13. Khalil Mack, DN's at 16. Big Ben's coming in at 18. Wow. Uh, he he moved up a few spots. He was number 22 ranked in 2017. How is he moving up? I'm sorry. In 2017, like, he was number 22. Wentz is way up there, and then you got Aaron Rodgers, and then Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. So he's the fifth best quarterback? I guess. I mean, he's been the fifth best quarterback for his entire career. Pretty much. Much. Pretty much. And what? Because, like, Eli's Eli's a joke and Peyton's retired. Well, no, wait. Uh, Well, well, Peyton's retired. Oh, wait, Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Drew Drew Brees is up there. I mean, Eli. So Ben's number six. Somewhere, yeah. Let's see here. It's like Brady, Wentz, Brees. Brady, Wentz, Brees, Rodgers. Russell Wilson's 11. And then Ben. And then Ben, so he's so he's, he's the number six, six quarterback. quarterback. Okay, but he's but been pretty consistently around the five or six he's mark been, for his whole career since, since because he came into the league. well because because he's had Brady, Breeze, Manning, Manning, Rivers, Rogers. Rivers never was better than Ben even once. No, I, they the same draft class, same draft class, but. You know, you, you take that draft class. That was a, that was a stellar draft class with uh, Ben and Eli Manning, and then um, Rivers. Uh, ben and Eli each have two Super Bowl rings. Ben's been to three. Yeah. Eli's been to two, one, two. Ben's you know two and one, whatever. Um, Eli beat the Patriots yeah, twice. He did good for him. Alvin yeah. Kamara's at like number twenty here. AJ Green dropped a few spots from seventeen to twenty-two. Um, but what's cool is I've, I've looked through this whole list. I'll, I'll scroll down here. I believe it's at number number 48 is Cam Hayward. Number 44 is David DeCastro. Um, and then I know right around here is uh, Ryan Shazier's number 47. So you have 44 is DeCastro, 47 is Shazier, and then... Um, 48 is Hayward. We all know that Shazier is not playing this year um, due to the injury he suffered against the Cincinnati Bungles last year. Mm. And he's doing a hell of a job. Ezekiel Elliott's number 54. Wow. Like, he was number 7 last year. (laughs) Big drop. That's a huge drop. That's a huge drop right there. I mean, he did have a breakout year. Leonard Fournette's, Leonard, Leonard Fournette's at 58. He was on the list previously last year. He's a rookie. Uh, Micah Hyde. Uh, Stefan Diggs. He was not on the list last year. Um, he's at 65. So who's number 100 on your 100 list? Is Haha Clinton Dix, safety for the Packers. Currently he was 77 last year. Um, Carlos Hyde made 97 for the Browns. He wasn't on the list last year either. Um, go ahead and take a look at this list. Basically, this is going to come down to help you fantasy football owners. Yeah. Um, that's going to help you make some decisions going into your fantasy football leagues. 
uh, coming up, which um, fancy football talk will be starting here soon. Yeah, about especially a month. once camp start. Camp start the end of July. Yeah. So yeah, we're about a month out from talking uh, NFL football camp and this that other thing. Oh. Um, you know, yeah. You think it goes away, but it never does. It never does. Like we started this show, you were talking about Twilight Golf. Yeah. Like four nights after the summer solstice. And yes. Now we're, and now we're sitting here talking about our fantasy teams already. I know, right? It's almost not fair. Well, after the NFL Top 100 list, also a thing came across the line today, uh, that Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers report that they are a lot closer uh, than they were last season and making a deal for a long-term for both both sides hope to come to an agreement uh, before the July 16th deadline. Uh, obviously, if that does not happen, we'll expect Bell to sit out. And then uh, for camp, to sit out for camp. For camp, okay. we expect Bell to sit out for camp and then be uh, available. You know, hey, camp. You know, it's official, so he'll be here that Monday of week one. Now, if you were paying attention to our discussion of the rankings of the top 100 players, you will remember that. Le'Veon Bell is pretty good. Yeah. So he's yeah. a little he's a little bit good at football. Yeah. Just a bit. I mean So it's big news to hear I mean, I was kinda surprised to see that as I was getting ready to come over here. You know, wa- watching the Cubs game on ESPN, seeing that on the ticker, like good. You know I'm glad they're making I'm glad he feels like they're making progress. Like I think it's all about his ego at the end of the day. Yeah, I I believe the Steelers are going to pay him what he's worth because if they don't, then they don't really have much of a chance of making. Well, the Super you know Bowl. what? They're, they're not going to replace Le'Veon Bell with anybody on their depth chart. No, and there's not a free agent. James Conner had a severe knee injury last year as a rookie. Uh, you don't know how he's going to react to that. How he's going to come back from that, especially with his past um, a uh, uh, health. Standards. I yeah. mean, James Garner did have cancer, for God's sakes. I mean, this is um, it, though. You just, you know, you, whatever you got, you got to throw it at the wall right now. You know, this is this is the twilight of Ben's career. It is. You know, we've got the number two player. Number number five. So yeah, but I'm saying, like, without Bell, like, we've still got the number two and a quarterback who's, you know, the sixth best quarterback. Right. You know. And you can't you can't go into a season with no running back, even in today's pass happy NFL. You got to have a running back, yes, and preferably a running back who is also a receiver, who can either catch the ball in the flat out of the backfield or you know split out into the slot, you know, on a passing. So, I, and I totally understand Love Bell. He's he, gonna get his money. He's gonna get his money, and I hope it's from the Steelers. Um, you know what, his whole battle about that is, is you know what, he goes, I touched the ball more times than anybody on the team, other than Ben, yeah. obviously. Um, and Pouncey. <laughs> yes, and Pouncey. Pouncey touches um, it on every play. He does. Even when it's a direct snap to, like, someone else. Correct. So, but, Just saying. But as maybe, a... Maybe he should be holding out. <laughs> no, 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 I don't really mean that. I no, mean that. Don't do don't that. Don't listen, please, um, don't listen to this yeah. podcast. Um... But no, as a um, what are they? Uh, as a specialized player, a skill player, a skill, a skill player, specialized Don't like player. That term. Le- Le- Le'Veon Bell touches touches the ball more than anybody else on the Steelers. Um, 
He wants to be paid as the highest paid running back, as the number one running back, which he is. He also wants to be paid as the second receiver, which he is. Mm. Um, Juju, though. Well, last year was a breakout year for Juju. It was. That hurts Le'Veon's leverage. Um, if you will. But, you know what? The next high, the highest paid running back right now is Shady McCoy at $8.5 million. Mm. So if Le'Veon's you, better than Shady McCoy. Yes. Was last year. Yes. Expect that trend to continue next year. Yes. So he's going to get paid. Yes. But is he going to get $17 million? No. Probably not. He's right now on the... Uh, um, franchise? Franchise tag mm-hmm. at 14 and a half. Yeah. I'd look for that somewhere in that window. What, you think he's, they're just going to franchise him? Or do you think they're... Well, gonna... no, no, no. He's franchise tag right now. But yeah. if they sign a long-term deal, look for him in that 13 to 15 window. Yeah, I was thinking about 15 is, is probably yeah. what I would Look, look for that 13 to 15 window. He wants seventeen. They want, and they said they were close than they were last year. Last year, the Steelers offered him. Uh, it it would end up being twelve point one million a year, and he turned it down. And they said they're closer than they were last year. And last year, he wanted fifteen. So this year, he said he wants seventeen. Look for that thirteen to fifteen window. If they can make a deal, if they can't make a deal, he's franchise tag at fourteen and a half, and then next year we get to do this all over again. <sighs> And they can Hopefully franchise tag him, and they can franchise tag him one more year after this, and I think it's twenty one point five, something stupid, something stupid. Yeah, <sighs> it's just mind blowing numbers to me. It's something that you and I will never see in our lifetime. No, we might see twenty million in our lifetime, but not in one chunk. It it tends to if you see it, it's like going away from you. <laughs> No, I mean... I, it's, it's passing through our fingers. It's not, like, ever in our bank account, you know? I yeah. don't know. Well, because we'll, we'll... Like I said, we'll never see one chunk. Yeah, well... We'll never see it one chunk. We'll, we'll, we'll see... I mean, even Le'Veon Bell's not going to see it in one chunk. No, he's not going to see it in one chunk either. You but get a game check, and then he can go game buy check a car. And, yeah, whatever you do. some stocks, or... And you know, hopefully he's smart with it. But, yeah, I, I don't um, foresee... He's going to make sound investments, I believe. I hope so. And not just like... Put I heard he's going to buy a rap studio. Fund. What's that? I heard he's going to buy a rap studio. He, if he doesn't already have one. <laughs> I know, right? It's not that, studios aren't that expensive. I mean, like... I know people who have studios that, like... Yeah, yeah. Aren't football players. Let's just put it at that. Yeah. We <laughs> know a handful of people. Yeah, there's several people who, like, played high school and, like, didn't, didn't play, like, a down beyond high school, but they have their own studios. So, let's... Let's not overinflate the cost of a, a rap studio. Um, maybe, maybe don't spend too much money on that. You know, you're not Prince. You don't need like a Paisley Park. <laughs> Just saying. No Abbey Road for you. Yeah, yeah. If your studio has an elevator in it and you're not Prince, like you're overdoing it. That's awesome. Uh, so on that note, folks, um, go ahead and take a look at the NFL Top 100 list, especially if you're in the mood to start thinking about your fantasy football team. And I think about my fantasy football team probably about once a week. Really? Uh, because I'm thinking, like, what do I want to do for next year? Um, where am I going to 
draft that. And who do I have coming back? Like I have like two guys coming back because we have a two guy keeper. I don't know. Um, I just might not even do it this year. I don't know. I do it with a group of guys, and it's all fun and it's yeah, all fun that's, games. That's what so keeps forth. me coming back because I love I love my like fellow owners. Yes, but I get I, I was so like I love the out. like three party three or four parties we have doing it, yeah. and then also the get together for the games. It's like we have the big draft party, which is awesome. Everybody does food. We drink beer. We hang out. We brads each other. Yeah. And we and we're like, hey, who'd you draft? Who do you got? Who do you got? Uh, who? Why'd you take him? Why'd you take him? I wanted him. You know this that your thing. And then we get the whole like week one. We all get together like ah, who's gonna who's going down week one? And then we get together throughout the games. And then we do like you know like a a mid season like get together party. And then we do the. Super Bowl party, and then after that we had, you know, it was the, you know the championship game is obviously before the Super Bowl, but you know we all get together for the championship game, and we all get together for the Super Bowl, and then we have the like trophy presentation and so forth. So it's a good time. Plus we bet throughout the whole. Game. Well, see that's the thing. Like I just you know maybe I'll just do daily fantasy, or maybe I'll go down the rivers and oh yeah, get down the rivers. It's, it's coming, man. It's coming. I know. And we're gonna talk about uh, gambling. Um, at the rivers here after we take a break and you get to uh, find out what our friends uh, at Sorgatron Media are doing up there in Beachview. You know, they carry our podcast mm-hmm. as well as several other podcasts. Sure. Like there's, the wrestling awesome, there's Wrestling Mayhem. The awesome, awesome cast. Awesome cast. Fishing Without Bait. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Um, the Broadcast. The broadcast. Um, Clever. Yeah. that That's a uh, you know good one to listen to. Um, so yeah, uh, and also if you need to, or want to start a podcast or get into it, contact, uh, Michael Sorg at Sorgatron Media Studios. Yeah, he'll get you set up. He'll get you all set up, get Put you everything you need to do. Face, make, make it sound all nice for you. All, all you gotta do is talk. And he does video and everything else. Mm-hmm. So at that point, folks, we're gonna take a break and check out what Sorgatron Media Studios, uh, has going on up there in Beachview. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. Alright folks, and we're back for our final segment here that's going to get Matt and I a little fired up and upset. If you're not already fired up and upset. If you're not already fired up and upset, you're going to be after this final segment because we're going to talk pirates. As Steve reaches for his whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Whiskey. Bourbon. Ten-year-old bourbon, by the way. Ten-year-old bourbon. That's like two pirates losing streaks right there. That's like two bourbons. Dude, that's been a whole bottle this week. Jesus Christ. No, I've been good. I've been good. Um, so, okay, here. I have some notes written down. And we're going to go back and forth off of this. So, supposedly, the Pirates are shopping Cervelli, Dickerson, Harrison, Mercer, and Fries. And this about cutting payroll... Because of the drastic drop in attendance, Neil Huntington has said... That's what they said. ...that if the fans don't come out, they cannot afford to put a team on the field, and the roster will be weakened because of the fans. Go fuck yourself, Huntington. People were buying season tickets, you know, on the back of the 
core group that they had. Yes. And for whatever reason, I mean, some of it has to do with, you know, so far it looks like moving McCutcheon was the right move. Okay. Dickerson? And, and you know, they get... They, Dickerson's numbers are better than McCutcheon's. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we're fine with that. Like, they've... I don't know. It's just... You you mentioned the the suggestion that like they're selling off parts because they have to because fans aren't showing up. Well, that's like from several different outlets that I've read that on. Yeah, I, I just um, and so forth. I mean, there's only so much like people can do, you know. So people just don't have the money to become major league baseball season ticket holders. Okay, it's not cheap. It's a big commitment. Yeah. You, okay, the cheapest season ticket in town for professional sports are the Steelers. Mm. You can get two seats in the 500 level for $1,520. Yeah. For two seats. Mm. For ten home games. That's two preseason and eight regular season games. Yeah. I, you know, can I find $1,520 on my couch right now? No. Can I find $1,520 in the next month? Yes. Yeah. All right. There's 82 home games, you know, for the Pirates. Even if you buy the cheap seats, you're still... And you don't buy just one ticket. No. You buy two. And they, they've got plans, you know, so you get, you get like, a partial, you know. That's what the, we used to do. We'd, we'd get the Sunday. We had the Sunday tickets. I had... I went, I went to, like, every Sunday game one year with, like, my dad... Yeah. And my brother and my sister. Like, I don't know exactly how much he spent, you know, but it's, it's like, basically, like, the same amount of Sundays as, like, the there Steelers was a, season. There was know? a two-year period. I had, to get away, I had to get away day package. Yeah. Where I got 13 games that were the Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday businessman special games. Nice. I had to get away day game yeah. package. Because, you know what? That's when I like to go to a ball game. But you can't, like, <laughs> there's people who are diehard baseball fans who would do that, you know? Like, or who have, like, sort of, like, unconventional work schedules and are able to go to an afternoon game. You mean like us? Like us. <laughs> but, like, I've been to those 1230 games where there's, like, 8,000 people in the seats. And it's because, well... It's 1230 team, on a Wednesday. It's 1230 on a Wednesday. Even if the team is really good, like, they just don't get as many people in the seats for those days because of, like, the work schedule. Like, I'm talking about to get people in the stadium... At, like, a critical mass. You've got to have, like, a reason that makes people want to, like, Correct. unite behind the team. Yes. But, like, it's very, like... But for it Hun- seems like they don't understand but, cause But for effect. Huntington to say that the fans don't come out... Um, but, you know, if, if the fans don't come out to support the team and to buy the tickets, they can't afford to put a field on the team and the roster will be um, modified. You know, it, it's... It sounds like they're trying to punish us. It does. You know, like, we weren't good enough, like, loyal enough fans. Uh, and Huntington said that, you know, the team will add pieces at the deadline uh, if the attendance picks up. Um, the team right now is worth $1.2 billion, profited $86 million between 2016 and 17. Um and they got that fifty million dollar check from the sale, the sale of the 
advanced media company yes. to ESPN. Yes. Like, that's a one-time deal. Uh-huh. That money's going straight into their pockets. Like, they're not putting any of that money into improving the roster. Not at all. Like, how are how are they going to get $50 million out of their fan base? Well, well when they also, are, when Even in a good year, they only get, like, so, one and a half million so at the beginning of the season, all year. At the beginning of the season, whenever we were talking about this and how the Pirates were investigated, as well as other teams, not just the Pirates, but other teams are investigated on misappropriation of funds, mm-hmm. that they were given funds from the media contracts and everything else like that, that they went straight into... Uh, ownership's pockets and not put back into baseball. Mm-hmm. And also the misappropriation of funds from the teams that paid the luxury tax Yeah, that went to the smaller market teams mm-hmm. where the Pirates, I believe, got $8 million or, yeah. or something like that from the luxury tax deal. To the Which, by the way, the point of the luxury tax is to give like smaller market teams money so that they can improve their payroll. Correct. You know, it is like... How, how, it, it's like, it's basically, it, it's literally a tax. I mean, it's called the luxury tax. It's a tax. It's a progressive tax policy where they take money from the rich and give it to the poor. And if you go back, and the and poor back, in this case, rather than, t- rather than taking the money that they're getting and using it to like, you know, upgrade their lives or their houses or, or their like pantries at home, they're just like, Giving it to some rich guy. And if you go you know? back a few, po- uh, more than a few podcasts now, um, probably, I don't know, probably a dozen podcasts, uh, Matt and I talked about it. This is the first year the Yankees don't have a luxury tax. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about that for a minute. This is the first year the Yankees don't have a luxury tax. Because they actually have a bunch of homegrown players on their roster and right now. The Yankees, and as much as we like, fucking not hate max the kind of contracts. As much as we hate the fucking Yankees. They build their teams to their farm system. I, I felt myself liking them during the playoffs last year. Mm. It was so weird because, like, they were... Me being a Red Sox fan. I, I know really it, you as a Red Sox fan, but the Red Sox yeah. weren't in the playoffs, and I didn't like it. Well, they it. were. They were just out the I, first I didn't round. like it, but, like, the Yankees were still going, and they were fun to watch. They got young guys who were good, and and then, like, adding um, Todd John, Frazier. And they added John Stanton. It was so weird to me. That, like, the thing the Yankees had to do to make me like them for the first time ever was to add somebody from the Reds to their roster. It seemed like, on paper, that wouldn't work out. But but it, it did kind of work. But, yeah, like, you know, the Yankees, they'll, they'll be up there. They'll be paying the luxury tax again before too long. You know? Oh, they've sure not, they they, it's not like they've renounced, like, I mean Yankees. I mean, they, they're just, I mean, I mean uh, Bryce Harper's a free agent next year. business cycle, Steve. You know what I mean? It's Bryce Harper's a free cycle. agent next year. Yeah. Well, like, guess what? You <laughs> know, he'd have to shave and probably cut off, like, most of his hair. And he's uh, not having a very good year right now. Well, that's well, that, that, that was a Joe Torre thing. That wasn't a Yankees thing. That's a Yankees thing. Um, it is a Yankees thing. That was not a Joe Torre thing. That was a Steinbrenner thing. Because they made reference to that in the Simpsons episode yeah. with all the baseball players when Mr. Burns, like, makes Mattingly, like, shave off his sideburns because, like, Mattingly was a Yankee and in the 80s, yeah. like, his boss was Steinbrenner and, like, that was the rule. And, like, Mattingly had a mustache in the 80s. He doesn't now, which is weird. Yeah, Mattingly you know? doesn't look like, like Mattingly. The, the haircut that he has now is what he should have had. When he played for the Yankees, but, like, apparently the mustache rule didn't apply to him because he was, like, the only good player they had. 
for a while he for was. For a good while. Uh, also, the thing about this whole Pirates bullshit that kind of gets me upset and riled up is, uh, so how about uh, Bob Nutting? He petitioned the PA State Gaming Board oh, dear. Uh, for tax revenue um, stemming from the new sports booking that is uh, expected to be open uh, before the start of football season. Yeah. Is what everybody, you know, it still has to go through legislation and so forth, but... Hey, Pennsylvania is a commonwealth. The one laws are the last from what I The heard. laws, yeah. There's a law on the books that says, like, this is how it works if you want to, if, if the federal government ever backs off or if the Supreme Court ever overturns the federal law, like, this is how it's going to work. And there's like a, it's like a $10 million buy-in. And then they want, like, the state wants 34% of losses. Like, 34% of the money that gamblers lose to the house every day, you know, betting on sports, is going to supposedly go to state taxes. And the Pirates came out and said, like, well, you know, if you're going to take money, you know, from the casinos, but they you wanted- should kick some of it back to us because we're providing the product that's, you know, being see, bet upon. See, see now, that, is that not conflict of interest? Little bit. Um, I, I would think that's a conflict of interest, being that, like, hey, we're the product on the field. People bet on us. Pirates, nobody bets on you. Okay? They bet against you. Um, Depends what the house is given. But this is where the conflict of interest comes yeah, in, okay? The house is if given the, if, odds. If the Rivers is given odds on the Pirates, you know. And baseball is one of the most sucker bets out there. You got to lay $160 to win 100 sometimes. It's yeah. like, come on. Football, you know, where football is is completely different. Hockey and hockey and baseball, me are soccer bets. Yeah, the, the sports to bet on are basketball and football. I mean, because you have a line and you have an over under, and that's what it is. You know, in baseball, there's the money line, and that's what it is. And you know, the Pirates to beat the Dodgers. You know, Greeky or, or Kershaw's pitching. Mm. You know, which was the bet to take this year before Kershaw got injured again, where the Pirates actually beat the Dodgers and Kershaw. I mean, if you took the Pirates, you you laid a you laid a hundred you laid a hundred to win two twenty five. Yeah, you know that was the bet to take this year. Um, like the integrity like issue is, it's important. It I mean, is that's important. that's the that's the main reason that the leagues were against gambling. Until books, all of a sudden yeah. it became legal and now they're all for it. Like, they would always say, like, if, if you've got people betting on sports, then you're going to have, you know, moneyed interests trying to influence the outcome of games in ways that are, you know, against the rules. So, you know, baseball is saying, like, you know, some, some okay, so some leagues have said, like, there should be money that goes into the league in order to, like, like, the NFL said, like, we want to, like, set up, like, a way to, like, you know, promote the integrity. Like, the Pirates, like, I know that you can read that into what the Pirates asked for, but, like, the text of the actual letter they sent doesn't really sound like that. It just sounds like they're saying, like, well, there's going to be more money in the picture now because of gambling. And, hey, like, it costs a lot of money to upkeep the stadium. Which you know they're the not, pirates, they're not making the they're no, not no. Ma- their their argument sounds more like gimme. 
well, right. to people but, but, but the thing than is, any is, sort is of like argument about like how do say, we preserve the integrity of baseball. The Pirates did say they would use the money for the upkeep of the stadium and so forth, which we know the Pirates the last few years have petitioned the, the uh, was it the, the stadium authority? Yeah, they're in, they've, they're in a years-long battle with their landlord over who's responsible for capital improvements and and maintenance costs and like, how hey, you define you want to put a beer garden in too. you want to put a beer garden in put the beer garden in but that's got to come out your of your passport you know you want to go ahead and put a new uh, LED lighted scoreboard in on right field go for it it's like we built you the product mm. we built you this this is what we give you the improvements you want to make comes out of your pocket it's like a rent-to-own situation. Yeah. Right. You know, except I don't know that nothing will ever own the stadium uh, or how it's set up. But, you know, if I wanted to do a rent-to-own, like, hey, I rent this house I live in, but I want to own it someday. So, basically, I come up with an agreement with the person that owns the house. I'm going to be like, I'm going to pay this, which is going to pay the mortgage. Um and then I'm going to pay over top of what your mortgage payment is. You're going to put that money into a escrow account mm. that's going to build up and that's going to build me up my down payment. Yeah. So after three years of me living here and paying rent, which pays your current mortgage, which is say $500, and I'm going to you're going to charge me $800 a month for my rent. I'm going to, that 300 extra dollars on top of your mortgage payment goes into an escrow account, which goes gets built up for my down payment for the house to own it. Right. And any of the improvements that I make throughout this building the whole time I live here is great because you know what? One of the two things are going to happen. I'm going to own this building. I'm going to own this house. And those improvements I made are the improvements I made. And I like them. And I live here now. And I own it. Or B, I back out of the situation, and I can't make the payments, you know, and so forth, and I have to leave the building, but you end up with the improvements made to the house. Well, I got news for you, man. Like, nothing has no interest in owning a baseball stadium. Probably not. You know? Like... Nothing has barely any interest once you, in owning... Once you buy a piece of property, you end up spending most of your income on dumb shit like drywall anchors... <laughs> and, like, Rita filters and, you know, lawnmower grease, like, all that shit. So, well, you, like, well, well, Nutting well, doesn't want to have to deal with that. Well, like, he wants the SEA to deal with that. And he wants to be allowed to, like, you know, pay pay rent every year. Like, his rent, you know, is nothing. And then he, like, you know, he's got his, you know, his interests and he's lining his pockets with TV money and, and internet money and all that good stuff. Um... I just, I just didn't like the tone. Like, I understand that the Braves, like, just moved into a new stadium, like, way shorter than the 30-year life cycle would have been on Turner Field. Yes. Um, I don't see the Pirates leaving PNC Park, because, like, where would they go? <laughs> There's not a better location for a ballpark um, in, like, Western where, they, where are they going to go? They would leave the city if they're going to go anywhere. And that's what I want to talk about about this. 2030. Like, 2030. MLB wants to expand sooner than 2030. 2030 is when the lease is up on PNC Park. Right, but MLB, like, the the Nuttings could say, oh, hey, there's this new stadium in Portland or Montreal. Right. Or Nashville. Right. You know? 
And they, they, but, could, they could theoretically move the pirates there if the city or the county, you know, doesn't cough up more money to give them a new stadium. And, like, as a taxpayer, like, it's really hard for me, as much as I love the pirates, to want to give those people more money for a new stadium. Right. Because I like the stadium more than the team. And nice. that's the big talk. You know? Is, so a lot of people you are going... blow up the team and... Give me crap. A lot of people like, are going PNC to Park. a lot of people are going to the ball game because of the stadium, because of the atmosphere, because of TC the beer guy that whistles like no tomorrow. Yeah, and when TC and the beer down. guy would would follow the team to the freaking LTV site in Hazelwood or to the right vacant field out by the fucking South Point or whatever, right. But that's not a good location for a baseball stadium. No, the location... The corner of General Robinson and Federal Street is a damn good place for a baseball stadium. It is. And I could seriously see, like, these pirates leaving town just because nutting's greedy, and then we get a triple-A team for a couple years, and then we get an expansion team to play in the same stadium. And it would be a tragedy. It would be a tragedy. It would be an absolute tragedy. Because the Pirates are one of the original baseball teams in Major League Baseball. They were in the first World Series in 1903 against the Boston Red Sox. Mm -hmm. Um, In a flood-prone stadium on the North Shore. uh, No, Exposition Park, which was at Point State Park. No, it was on the North Shore. It was on the North Shore? Yep. I thought Exposition Park was at the Point. There was the Exposition Amusement Park was at the Point. Okay. But the baseball stadium was over the river. Okay, so actually... Like, the the exposition at the point was, like, a Ferris wheel and a roller coaster. Okay, so the actual halls where you could, like, have a farm show or whatever. So exposition ballpark... ballpark was over the river. ...was actually where probably Three Rivers was. Right about, like, yeah, pretty much. Right about where Three Rivers was. And then they moved out to Forbes Field uh, in Oakland uh, and so forth and the history in that stadium and whatnot. Um... So, like, this gambling thing, like, they want their cut. Like, they, they say they're entitled to a cut of, of the gambling money because they provide a product on which you can gamble. Okay, so... So, are they not also entitled to a cut of the, let's say, Pennsylvania legalizes recreational marijuana? The next time the Pirates host Grateful Dead Night, are they not entitled to some of the profits of the marijuana sales? Provided that they they are providing a venue for a bunch of hippies to like get together in their tie dyed tank tank tops and you know sit through a rainstorm listening to Box of Rain, which I hope they played during that double rain delay game on Saturday. Ah, but anyway, like think about it. Like where where, where else can we go for revenue? Like so, do the Pirates get a cut of all pierogi sales since they promote racing pierogies? Or Mrs. T's probably already pays them for that promotional opportunity. Well, we'll see. Here's the, also. But if I'm buying pierogies because I enjoyed the pierogi race so much, then like I think they deserve like a cut. Like I think like maybe the the quarter quarter markup on the box of pierogies. I, well, well here's the, the other question too: is is do the Steelers and the Penguins and the Phillies and the Eagles and the Flyers mm. not deserve? any revenue sharing from the sports booking mm. being professional teams in the state. Yeah. What if I got a parlay on like the river hounds, the, the Penn FC and the Bethlehem steel, right? What then? You know, they're professional soccer. Yeah. How, how do they not deserve anything on that? Why does, why do the, if Pirates I played for get... Penn FC, like I'd shave every point you could pay me. 
<laughs> just to get me the hell out of Harrisburg. <laughs> well, if you do that too, you'd probably end up getting caught. But um, they love gamblers in Harrisburg, man. Like a, well, a state representative ran like a poker ring like five years ago. I know. <laughs> it's fun. Dude, they got Kino machines at the the uh, Kogos on the boulevard. <laughs> I just stopped in for milk and bread the other day, and I was like, oh, man. Should uh, well, I'm waiting for all the doormat bars to get the Kino machines. I don't want to play Kino in Dormont, man. There's some high rollers up in Dormont. I know there are. <laughs> I know there are. But I, I I lived in a state that had the Kino machine, and I lived in Maryland. Yeah. They, and I worked in D.C. by the, the Maryland. The bars up there had the yeah. bar, bar Kino. Yeah. Which was run by yeah. the state. Which, it's so cool. It's like it Pennsylvania. Awesome. It's called like hey, Pennsylvania Master. You know, you know, you know, it gave you something to do while you're sitting at the bar and hang out yeah. and chill. It's like, every, I mean, it's like every five minutes I spend an extra dollar. I mean, you know. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to buy candy at uh, Braddock Avenue Express in Regent Square. And they had a poker machine back there. And it was always weird to me that, like, people would sit and play the poker machine at a convenience store when you could just go to a bar. Right. Like, you don't have to drink. If you're winning money and tipping, they'll let you play there all day. And you can smoke. But I, I knew people who were smokers who would, like, go go play the machine at the convenience store and then go take cigarette breaks outside because they just felt like it was going to pay off. Like, it was just due. Yeah. You know? And now, now you got these state machines that are, I don't know, maybe they're, like, less rigged. Than like the illegal ones, right? Maybe yeah. they're more rigged. Who knows? All I know is that like, if you got money to blow on gambling right now, you know you might be better off betting on the the Kino at your local Kogos than betting on the Pirates. Definitely. I mean, because the Pirates right now are not doing too well. Uh, the Bucks are two and seven. Actually, let's make that now two and eight after tonight's game. Uh, they did have four straight losses to the Diamondbacks, who do lead the NL West, by the way, uh, by two games. They're a good team, the Diamondbacks. Uh, they do have a makeup game against the Brewers after last Wednesday's storms, uh, which <laughs> devastated the area. Um, they did win last night uh, over the Mets in New York City. Uh, they went to extra innings tonight uh, with the Mets, and they did take the loss in the 10th. I wanted to talk about that Harrison slide. Um, that was probably like the biggest story of the game aside from the outcome. It was a little bench clearing brawl there. It was a bench clearing brawl where like the two principal combatants like didn't want to fight each other. Yeah. So you like, remember in like grade school when you'd be like playing a sport on the playground and like maybe like Billy like elbowed you in the chin and you were like, I'm good. But all your friends were like, no nah, man, that's fucked up. He cheap shotted you. You got to fight him now. Yep. It was kind of like that. I really think they hugged each other because they because like okay so Harrison you know he's a middle infielder and Cabrera obviously is a middle infielder so like they understand like the the stakes that are involved when you go hard into the bag to break up a double play but the rule at second is not the same as the rule at home plate no. and I think what happened was the Mets pitcher Familia got pissed because if Harrison had slid into the catcher the way he slid into Cabrera, he would have been out and under Cabrera, the new sliding rule. And Cabrera was the one that kind of, like, grabbed Harrison and, like, come here. Yeah. And, like, gave him a hug. Yeah. And, they, and Harrison and Cabrera walked away. And he's like, you don't want to do it. So a silly, and he's like, I don't want to do it. A silly you know? baseball thing that, that almost happened but didn't really happen. 
like when you look at it in the context of the home plate rule that nobody understands, like I think the this, Buster is, Posey rule? this is a symptom of the Buster Posey rule. I think players are confused now about when you're allowed to like slide into somebody and when you're not in, not allowed to slide into somebody. And at the play at second, like what constitutes a bona fide slide versus an attempt to remember because there was that play where it was against the Pirates and the guy he didn't slide. Yeah, you know he he like left his feet like two feet in front of the bag and just went like studs up. Yeah, you know, Ty and that Cobb was like style. that was like Ty Cobb style, like Chris Cogwin on Jung Ho Gung style. Yeah, like those Jung Ho Gung lost his knee on that. Yeah, those those plays you know, are still illegal because that's not a bona fide slide, but it's such a judgment call what constitutes a bona fide slide. And Ty Cobb died in the 80s, but I guarantee you he would still fuck you up. Man. Did you ever, what read, is it the, a, did you ever read the book Cobb? No. I've read the book Cobb, which was written by... So, okay. If the you Georgia watch, Peach. Yes. If you watch the movie Cobb, Mm. Um, that was played, uh, Call was played by Tommy Lee Jones, and the, um, writer, the biography writer was played by, um, oh shit, I think it was his name, he was in Bull Durham, he was in... Costner? Nope. Manager? Uh, nope. He was a coach in Bull Durham, and he, uh, he played, uh, the sports agent on the HBO series... Robert Wool. Yes. Arliss. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Robert Wool in the movie played the biographer okay. of Ty Cobb. Tommy Lee Jones played Cobb. Um, and it was based off the book Cobb where mm-hmm. Cobb contracted a guy to write his biography. Yeah. Um, and I read the book and I've seen the movie several times. Um, and it was... Just awesome. Both of them. Uh, the book went more in depth than the movie did because the movie, of course, is only two hours long. Yeah, but, that's the thing. A good book you can spend you know, like two weeks with. Yeah. And like, uh, there's so much detail. But you can't Cobb, into Cobb was a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. It's it's widely, you know, it's widely known. You know, I mean, um, I mean, he was hated more than Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Shoeless um, Joe Jackson got a bad rap. Like, I mean... If you believe the this, the backstory of uh, Field of Dreams, like Shoeless Joe was railroaded, he was yeah. innocent. Like he was guilt by association. He was. You know, he's the only player on that team who actually had good stats in that series. I mean, that's everyone who follows baseball knows that. Um, the gambling thing is real serious. You know, and I don't think an integrity fee that's like paid from the state. To the owner of the pirates is ever gonna uh, yeah. find, is ever gonna find its way into the pockets of like say a player manager who has a gambling no I don't see that either Pete Rose I don't see that you know, either like, I don't think that like if they had paid an integrity fee to Marge Shot back in the day I don't think she would have been like standing in front of Pete Rose like hey just take this money and like don't call your bookie right you know yeah I, I don't see that happening if players either. are gonna cheat they're gonna cheat. They're always going to find a way to cheat if they if they are so inclined. You know, and it goes back to um, you know, uh, you know, portrayed in the movie Goodfellas. Yeah. You know, when they had uh, Boston College on the payroll mm-hmm. and shaving points and whatnot, and those guys were 
you know, getting money from the mob. Like, hey, you know, shoot the points, you do this, you do that. You know, and those guys got envelopes showed up at their houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's sports. There's bad things that do happen. Um, you it's hear- easier to regulate, though, like if the state's doing it. Like, you don't. Right, but it's I, not bookings, I, I it's still not- think it's a conflict of interest. So of- you're against it? Like legalized gambling that's about to happen in this? No, state? I'm not against legalized gambling. What, I'm not against legalized, legalized sports, sports gambling. Book. I'm not against legalized sports booking because I'm totally gonna do that shit. Same. Um, but I, I'm kind of against where nutting's like, hey, we want money off of that. We want tax money off of that. Okay. Um, Same because it, it's well, it's know, not tax money. It's it's gambling revenue. Yeah, it's gambling revenue. You know, it's, I, it's you money know. that you voluntarily give to the state when yeah. you make a stupid yeah, bet. Yeah, I, I think that. You if know, you win, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Well, you do I, have to pay taxes on you it. You do have to pay taxes You're on not it. Gonna, it's not going to go to nothing. It's going to go to schools. It's going to go to schools. It's going to go to else. roads. It's going to go know, to No, but nothing wants 34% of the losses. Yeah. So basically, for every $100 I bet and I lose, $34 goes to nothing. To nothing. So that's, who it, provides the team that you bet on that lost? And who provides the team I bet on a loss? And Unless also, you're not betting on the Pirates. And also provides the team that doesn't put a team on the field. Yeah, that still scrounges around. So that might actually hinder me from going down to the fucking rivers and placing bets. Because if I'm going to lose a hundred dollars and thirty four of it goes to nothing, I haven't been to a ball game yet all year. Is that only? Is it only on pirate or is it only on baseball? I think it's overall. Or, see, that's bullshit. Like, I'm if I'm betting on like horse racing or soccer. I think it's you know, overall. Why should my? Why I think should was thirty four percent of all losses. From the article I read, it's 34% of all losses. Well, I don't think he's going to get it, but I do believe they're going to work out some sort of payment system where, like, the sports leagues are going to get money out of this. They have to. They have to. That's their nature. You know, the guys, they've got armies of lawyers who don't suit up. What are they going to do all day? They're not, they're not doing BP, you know? What are they going to do? Their job is to argue in court for the best interest of their bosses. And that includes... Getting them as much money as possible, so it's going to happen, and it's going to be something that's argued over. Like I'm just saying, like watching the World Cup, I'm really bummed that we don't have the books now, because like I'm doing this pick'em league, oh. and I'm, I'm picking the scores and like doing little prop you, bets you, on the you, side. You're doing pretty well. No, I'm not. I'm not doing well at all. <laughs> but it's still fun. Like I'm watching games that like are pretty much decided. You know, it's like the 88th minute. And it's like a three-goal margin, and I'm just rooting for, like, the team that's losing to just pull one goal back because that's what I predicted, you know? And whereas a casual fan might just, like, turn the TV off and go outside, <laughs> like, I'm sitting at home rooting, and I don't even have any money in the game. It's, it's just for my own ego, you know? Imagine how much, like, more intense that would be when you know, uh, there's real stakes. Uh, here, here, here's Matt at Piper's on Saturday. <laughs> With, oh, I'm with, not touching with, those Saturday games. Those yeah. are gems without it. Well, well, well no, 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 no. But can you picture Matt? Can you picture yourself on a Saturday that you don't have to work at night. Mm. That you went to the rivers at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and made all your bets. And you're like, "Well, shit, papers was up until seven. Yeah, so I got four hours to kill. 
So you play at the rivers. Oh, man. And then you go over to Southside. Sounded expensive. Then you go over to Southside to Piper's at 7 a.m. And you're sitting there with your little fucking stub tickets. Mm. All your prop bets and Mm -hmm. all your... Your your line bets, your money line bets, your over under bets, everything else like that. And you're sitting at Piper's and you're just like this. You got like six TVs on. You're like, mm-hmm. 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 I better have some scotch eggs in front of me. Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I can imagine that. And you gonna have some hand cast beer? Yeah. By the by, Steve, did you hear about the, there's a CO2 shortage oh. in Europe? Yes. <laughs> I'm watching the news, and they're talking about this. And the bartender, they're talking about this with some, like, pub owner. And he's standing right in front of his hand pumps. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even mention the fact that, like, you technically don't need canned CO2 to run a pub. Nope, you don't. <laughs> Nope. You Where did they you, talk about the fact that, like, humans produce CO2 every time we open our mouths? We do. And why is that not the same? Yeah. I mean, how many kegs could we pressurize just with this podcast? A if lot. we had, If we had the means to pressurize. If we had the means to pressurize a lot. <laughs> but we're going to wear masks next week, and every word's going to go straight into some kind of... We're going like, to sound like Darth Vader, but, I mean, <laughs> you know. That's um, okay. So, on that note... Um, this week, watch, uh, World Cup. Yes. Um, Saturday, Sunday, we already know the matchups, so when you, when you hear this podcast on Friday, when you download it, uh, the rest of the knockout round matchups will be set. And then, uh, we got, uh, the PGA Tour, uh, in Potomac, Maryland this weekend, that starts Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. Hounds at Louisville. Uh, Hounds at Louisville tomorrow night. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll probably be over. And hopefully the Hounds have won or at least um, walked away with a tie with minimal goals scored against them. Yeah. Um, Keep it low. Keep it low. Uh, And then you have uh, maybe Le'Veon Bell might sign by then. Who knows? Penguins. Penguins, uh, they're probably going to make some more moves, but they got a couple, couple days to deal with that. And then the Pirates, please just... Just play your game. Get win. Get better. Um, fans, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Um, your one game that you might go to in the next week or two yeah. is not going to... They're not going to be like, oh, no. well, you know, Matt Meehan just gave us $40 for some bleacher seats, so I guess we're going to go out and trade for Mike Trout now. Yeah, right? Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, don't... But If you buy a ticket, fine. Just don't buy the bullshit. Exactly. All right, folks. You guys have a great sports week. Enjoy it, and we will see you soon uh, next week. And uh, we're going to go off of that. Have a good sports weekend. Yeah, it's a great sports week. Get outdoors. Do do your games that you play, like the TV. DVR it. It's, it's so nice out. <laughs> lawn darts. Lawn darts. I had lawn darts growing up. Yeah, they outlawed them. But we still had them. They didn't come like they didn't. We come still like, had them. They didn't come like knocking our doors down to like take them away from us. You know. <laughs> All right, folks. Have a great week. We'll uh, talk to you soon, uh, and we'll have a lot more insight coming on. Enjoy.
Hey, Ian's. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag Bold Sports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook or boldpgh.com.